0: Lollygaggers! gaggers oh man we got another week on tap we are as always lollygagging sports i am bo reed along with samantha button and matthew irby <clears throat> excuse me um yeah we got we got another great show on tap here we're going to bring back one of our favorites uh, here at the at the end of the pod, so you uh, you guys that are armchair umpire uh, fans, just just stick around because you're gonna like you're gonna like the return of let's remember some trades. But before we get into that, Samantha, how's it
1: going? It's going okay at this exact moment. I am not super pleased with Daniel Norris, but you know this this happens. This is <laughs> this is the Guardians Pen in 2023. Prepare to be disappointed. Uh, Ooh. Not not going great as we record this. Uh, we're, we're not having a great time um, with our bullpen.
0: So. <laughs> oh boy, Erby, how about you? How are things in North Texas?
2: I well, it's cold here. Uh, yeah, we got a we got a nice little cold front. The high today was ninety four, but um, other oh, than wow. that, I'm you know yeah yeah it's chilly.
0: Break
1: out uh, the. Park. Other than that,
2: no. Yeah right yeah I. I, I, it's running weather, and, and, and speaking of that, I'm getting back into the, the motivation for running weather after watching the Luke Rally, uh inside the park home run today. That was absolutely fantastic. So, yes, lots of running. Love seeing inside the parkers. He was a little bit slower than Bobby but Jr.'s.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of the things we, we were deprived of. You know, we got a cycle from Benjamin Lena. We never got the inside of the Parker from 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 them though. So, oh well. Let's There. All right. Well, we're going to talk some baseball and get into uh, a trade from the past later on in this in 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 the pod. But first, Samantha, you want to kick us off our weekly baseball content? Great. Right, well, we're starting
1: on a bit of a sad note for some people. That's Not so sad for other people. <laughs> but you know, because know who you are. But you know. It's, a day a day of national mourning. Lower your flags to half staff. Guys, it's time for the Yankees funeral. Oh, uh, for those who are new around these parts, we because the Queen died this year, we are paying tribute to the Queen with all of our baseball funerals this season, and we are giving out uh, death code names like the Queen has. London Bridge is down, so we are sticking with the bridge theme for all of our baseball teams. And you know, the Queen an icon, the New York Yankees an icon. And I'm a New Yorker, so quite familiar with the bridges of the area. And there were a number of different directions to go with this. (laughs) But I decided to go with the iconic bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. So it's great that they're both icons. But there's actually another reason for choosing this one. Um, So the the Brooklyn Bridge uh, opened in 1883. And about a week after it opened, people were still going out to, you know, promenade on the bridge, you know, big outing, walk across the bridge, as people still do today, uh, as sort of an outdoor event. But uh, at this point, you know, the novelty of it had, had not yet worn off, and the bridge was just packed with people coming out to see this new architectural marvel. So a woman fell down the stairs on the bridge when this happened, and she screamed. And this caused a mass panic. On the bridge. Twelve people were trampled in the stampede and died. So, of course, rumors immediately began to swirl that the bridge had collapsed, which you can kind of understand, you know, this was pretty new, you know, engineering back then, this this thing, and certainly there had been other bridges that had collapsed very famously and, and that had caused a lot of casualties around this time, so you can sort of see why people went in that direction, but It's interesting how quickly this turned, you know, there was an article in the Brooklyn Eagle about it. So, you know, journalism has come a long way or maybe we're talking about recently, maybe not such a long way uh, in terms of that they got this wrong, too, and put it out there. So, you know, essentially, people thought that the Brooklyn Bridge collapsed a week after it was built because a whole bunch of people who were on the scene overreacted, panicked, and acted like something that was an unfortunate event was the apocalypse. Who does that sound like to you? Oh, could, that, it be, ooh. could it be Yankees fans? I think so. The sky is falling. Yeah. So, yes, I thought this was perfect for them since, you know, we, we have a bit of a situation with the Yankees where, you know, to hear a Yankee fan tell it, they are basically the Oakland A's. They are the worst baseball team in the world. They are awful. They are terrible. There is no fixing them. It's the worst season on earth. When In fact, they are quite an average baseball team. They're kind of okay. But in Yankee land, that is a catastrophe, which is why we are lowering our flags to half-staff and why we are assigning them with the Brooklyn Bridge as their bridge. Because much like the early perambulators on the Brooklyn Bridge in 1883, everyone is panicking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually read um, earlier this week when when they had dropped down to 500 that it was the first time the Yankees had been an, a just a mere 500 baseball team this late in August since 1995.
1: Yes. Say it again. A mere 500 baseball a, a team. A mere 500. Oh,
0: the horror. The horror of this. Oh, okay. You're not going to win every year. Even the, Even the Yankees aren't going to win it every year. Right. That's just how it is. That, that, that's 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 life. Get over it. Move on. OK, uh, take it. Take it as the blessing that 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 this is. It's like a little PSA for Yankee fans. Uh, now the team really has no excuse not to just blow it up and start over because the, they've already they've already hit the line of demarcation. Right. They've hit 500. Right. The goal for the Rockies is the bottom for the Yankees.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's rock bottom. Landscape is weird,
0: (laughs) but yeah, it's 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 over. It's over in New York. (laughs) Hey, at least at least Yankees fans. At least your season lasted longer than the Mets. Got that going for you. It did.
1: It did. That's true. That's true. So more on that. (laughs) Later in the show, a little later on, uh, a little later on. But you know, join us now. Let's let's play taps. Ernie <laughs> <laughs> flags it half staff. Do you want to
0: jump in here? You uh, anything you got to say at the Yankees' wake?
2: I no, I'm the guy probably standing in the back of the wake, just kind of smiling with that, with that little grin of like, I eh, don't feel too bad. So, yeah, it's okay. It's not your year. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to be your year at any point. Mm-hmm um during this and that's okay you know and though you said it perfectly exactly what i was going to say you know it's you you are the colorado rockies you're you're the you're what the colorado rockies dream of um and and so this works out great and i, and I think even the rockies that get on board it's like yes we dream of being the yankees so yeah it's it's okay it's 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 not your year it's not going to happen there are greater tragedies you know and and um I you know, Samantha, thank you for the story. That was great. I love the early on misinformation of yeah, a lot of people died of yeah, the bridge fell. Like you know, that's not the truth, that's a better story, and that's kind of what we're seeing here of why the Yankees are winning. We're getting a lot of well, that's a better story, but that's not actually what the problem is. So hey, you'll fix it, they'll be back. Um, but yes, this year's postseason will not
0: have any sense right. You hey, know, and I, I, you know, I really hate to break this to Yankees fans, and by that I mean I really enjoy breaking this to Yankees fans. Um, all this talk the last handful of years about, you know, you do something at the, at the deadline, cashman, do this, do that, do this, do that. If they had just stood pat on some of these trades and not, and actually not made them, they would have a better team right now. You look at, you look at what they gave up for Gallo, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> you look at what they gave up for Gallo. That's That's the big one. Big pieces of, of a current contending Rangers team right now, just, just for a, a, a rental of Gallo that ended up being a disaster, right? So sometimes not going for it when your team is not there, not that one player away. Sometimes the not going for it is the right way to go. And Yankee fans are never going to learn this lesson. It's like It's like talking to a brick wall right now, but I'm going to keep saying it. Sometimes you should just leave it alone.
1: Well, and in that way, that. they do have a lot in common with the Rockies, the, the lack of self-awareness, right? Except for the, you know, the, I think the Rockies fans understand who they are. It's the organization that does it. The Yankees, it's a much more widespread problem. But, mm-hmm. you know, I will also say that, you know, while the, the ceiling for the Rockies is the floor for the Yankees, the Rockies are the superior franchise because they have Dinger, and the Yankees don't even have a mascot, which is super lame and stupid. So, anyway, <laughs> get a mascot. Maybe that'll help. Um, well, That's fair. That's fair. What? <laughs> right.
0: What? Well, well, what's next on the list?
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's check in with the Philadelphia Phillies. Much happier story. Let's have a happier story. Let's have somebody who's not dead yet, um, and that is the Philadelphia Phillies, who are are heating up in a couple of days over the last few. But they are six and four in their last ten. As of Wednesday evening, when we are recording this, they are sixty five and fifty five. And they are twelve and a half back of the Atlanta Braves, which yeah, you're not going to catch the Braves, which is fine. I don't think they need to. They are two and a half up first wild card in the NL right now, ahead of San Francisco and Miami. So they're in pretty good shape. They're kind of doing what they did a year ago, which is heating up in the second half to make a run. And last year that ended in a World Series. So you know, it's you're in a pretty good spot. Um, I, I love the sort of relationship that the fan base has with this team. I mean, I always love the relationship that Philly sports fans have with their teams. But it's been especially nice this year. You know, we love the Trey Turner standing. Oh, that was such a cool moment. It reminded me of what happened with Alec Bohm a year ago. Just very, very cool. Philly fans are the best. And I, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited to see Philly gear up and make another run. And, oh, well, let's talk about that in reference to the last group that we talked about. <laughs> like, smart at the deadline, right? Mm-hmm. Make the moves you need to make and don't make the moves that you don't. Uh-huh. Imagine, Imagine that. Imagine that, which is why you're on your way to playoffs and the Yankees are sitting underneath a you know, imaginary collapse bridge. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, you know, and I think I think what's interesting about the Phillies is it's just how bad of a start they got off to this year. Right? Like it was abysmally bad and then they put it together and then dropped a little bit more and then put it back together. it's it's been a little bit of a roller coaster up until now, but now it's 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 they're they're in that stretch run now. And they have they have that look, Erby, I think, of that stretch run team. Nobody took them seriously last year. Uh if you're not taking them seriously now, well then you know, you're you're just you're just being a fool at this point. <laughs> like there ain't no reason why with the moves they made that they can't make another run. Yeah,
2: it's interesting, uh I guess Pennsylvania teams can't you know, be on hot streaks at the same time because the pirates are doing the exact opposite of what the Phillies are doing. And I yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I like the moves. I like what Phillies done here because it wasn't going all in, it wasn't spinning like drunken sailors or anything stupid like that. It was it was adding where you needed to do, it was being smart, it was being efficient, and this is a team, This is a playoff team. In the National League in two thousand twenty three, this is a playoff team. What happens in the playoffs No, I'm not going to catch the Braves. You know, head-to-head against the Dodgers. You know, yeah, right now, obviously, we would all be taking the Braves and the Dodgers to win those series. And if it comes to that, if we get to that point, yes, we'll probably be picking the Braves or the Dodgers to win that series. But like you said, though, this is a team that they did this before. And a lot of the same cast of characters as last year that can do something like that again this season. This is a good team. This is a team that, it's it's a lineup, it's a rotate, I mean, they, they want the top of the rotation, the, the starting lineup, these are guys that get hot at the right time, as in October, mm-hmm. and they can win a series against the Braves. They can win a series against the Dodgers. Will the odds be in their favor? No, but it's not going to be one of those, like, you're know, looking at this, you're like, wow, the Braves are about to blow them out of the water. No, the, the Phillies actually will be in the conversation and yeah, I love this. Um, I, I third best team in the National League potentially. When you look at else, what what's out there? Uh-huh. You know the the, uh-huh. the offensive inefficiencies that the Giants have. The I joked about it last. We've talked before. What whatever it is that the NL Central is, and whatever comes out of that. Like all these things considered, yeah, Philadelphia is the team that will get it. I think we'll get a, an opportunity to go to Atlanta or to LA. In a series like that, and I, yeah, I'll be betting for them. But it's not, you know, this isn't going to be an easy series for either of those teams.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, look, there is not a single team that I'm going to pick over the Braves in the National League, right? But I don't, I'm not so sure that I don't take the Phillies over the Dodgers. I'm not certain about that. I mean, that one's really going to come, really will come down to which one's playing better baseball at the time, right? right. So.
1: Well, and I think it's important to remember that none of us would have taken the Phillies at this point last season over the Dodgers or the Braves either. I mean, guess who came out on top.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. What else, what else do you have for us, Samantha? All
1: right. So last one for me. Uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but this is something that everybody in baseball is talking about. Great little interactive item for baseball fans. And that is the Immaculate Grid. So we have not discuss this if you're not playing Immaculate Grid, should be. Super fun. <laughs> um, deceptively simple game. And I love that this thing has sort of evolved even in the short time that it has existed because originally it just started and you're just trying to fill in all the squares, right? You want to get the Immaculate. And of course, you know my PSA is like please do this without cheating. There's no shame in getting something wrong, but it's not it takes all the fun out of it. It you look stuff up. So you know, let yourself get them wrong and, and see how you can do it. So, but I love that they sort of added this layer of the rarity score, which is super cool because now you're not just trying to get nine correct answers. You're trying to get the weirdest grid possible, which is deeply appealing to me. And it's such a baseball thing to do because baseball's weird, right? It thrives on this. So now you're not just trying to find, you know, I don't know, a guy who played for the Orioles and also won a silver slugger. You're looking for the weirdest, most obscure person who meets that criteria. And, you know, everybody, I think, can play it a little differently. Like, the way that we play it at our house, my kids have gotten into this too, is we're always trying to get a grid with nine Guardians in it, even if Guardians is not one of the things. So I know you're making it harder if you do that, because now you have three criteria you have to meet. But it's kind of fun. We did get eight Guardians into it once. We have not yet had a grid that allowed us to do nine. We got eight eight in it once. And you could do that with any team. You know, I've heard of people saying... I want to get this guy into my grid every day. You know, there's just a million different ways you could come at this. And ends up being super fun and, and just sort of a, a nice little exercise to kind of go through. And, you know, you can do it at any skill level. Like the kids, you know, they, they don't know who <laughs> most players are currently, let alone historical players. And they're just trying to get it right, right? But if you know a little bit more, you can go after the rarity score. Super cool game. They've also made them now for... Football and basketball, which I have to tell you, are just not as rewarding um, for Mm -hmm. a number of reasons. It just doesn't work quite as well. Um, I think a lot of it is mostly because we don't have the same emphasis on statistics. So, like, nobody remembers who, you know, like, how many thousand-yard rushers can you list off versus how many 3,000 hit players. And, certainly, I think some of that is us and baseball and that we love baseball and we're probably more informed on the history of baseball partly because we're into it but also because the sport lends itself to that so i don't think it works as well for the other sports but the baseball one just truly exceptionally like, so much fun it's a little baseball thing you can do every single day
0: all right so i'll be perfectly honest with everyone listening to this pod right now i have never actually done this i see it
1: <laughs>
0: i see it all the time it is Everywhere, uh, I just haven't put put forth the energy to learn what it is and how to do it. So I'm going to defer to Irby on this one <laughs> to talk immaculate grid here. Uh, I'm not I'm not against it by any means. It's just not something I've tried yet. I haven't gotten to it. Maybe I will.
2: Well, then get to it.
0: Okay, fine.
2: I'll do some you homework. You need to get to it. Yeah. No, there you go. Get to it. It's, it's going to be so Harry I...
1: Potter all over again.
2: Boom, there you go. yeah I yeah, I Smith, thank you for talking about this one. This is another. I know you and me have shared multiple times of some of our grids um, because it, 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 I, it, my grids it's so different and I think it really depends on the day of the week and the time of day that I'm getting into it because if I can get to it in the morning, I don't mind spending a good amount of the day sitting there going through and thinking through and thinking through but yeah sometimes at night I, I'll admit if it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm down to one last square, I might type Edwin Jackson and just hope, that yeah, maybe he did play for it. hey, he did play for them. No, who would have pumped it. You know, it's one of those easy ones to throw in. But I I enjoy just as much because I'm, I'm with you, I don't, don't don't cheat on this, just just have fun with it and, and learn some because I've had multiple occasions on this where I'm very confident in a pick. And a player like, oh yeah, he played for that one and he did this, and then it's a no and it's wait, what? And then I have to go look at said player and be like, how did you not have a three? You didn't have a 300 hit season. Wow. Did you like, have uh, this
1: experience yesterday? Because I had a yes. terrible time with yesterday's grid. And did some of it have to do with Nolan Ryan?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> because you made the same mistake I did. Yeah, I had a terrible time with yesterday.
2: <laughs> and, it's, and But I think that's what's great about it, especially, and then again, we're talking about the baseball, not the other ones, because that is the beauty of, of, of baseball that the, the immaculate grid does such a great job because you can work so hard and be very confident in your at-bat and have a great swing. And you can lace a hundred mile an hour exit velocity right out of center fielder and you're out. Or you can sit there and go, golly, let me think and just throw out some name like Brandon Boggs and get it. <laughs> and be like, Oh, he did play for the pirates and the Rangers. That's fantastic. Bam. Take that right there, like like that is what I've enjoyed too. where It's those ones where, you know, it, it does reward you for <laughs> remembering your bullpens and remembering your. <laughs> oh yeah, we did have that player. So I I yes, I'm am a big immaculate grade fan too, and keep it up. Oh, you you'd love it.
0: Okay, well I'll uh, I'll look into it.
1: <laughs> That's all I so got. You can't let this become another Harry Potter. You, you gotta.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not. You gotta do this.
1: Like, it's not like a, just like a, just
0: like, I'm not against it, like I am Harry Potter. This is different.
1: difference. Okay, well, we have a whole psychological study on why you're against Harry Potter. So <laughs>
0: like, many, so many reasons. He's, so many he's
1: reasons. not against Harry Potter for any of the reasons that you typically hear people are against Harry Potter. You know, like that it's witchcraft and then that, it, that it's the devil, you know, or that J.K. Rowling is the devil or whatever. No, he has his own weird, unique set of reasons. For being against Harry Potter oh. and it's good
0: to know that, that you're not entirely against the greats no um, not not against it at all I just i just haven't done that yet now sometime down the road we could put me on the couch find out why I hate Harry mm-hmm. Potter like we did with you and the giants we can do
1: that mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Irby, you're up what are you leading off with this week
2: well it's you know you guys talk about those things that you know require therapy and uh sometimes you love them sometimes you hate them ooh and there's the Seattle Mariners. Oh boy! Uh, definitely one of those teams that we have we have we have bashed, we have loved, we've enjoyed, we've been confused. Like like a, a, a I imagine multiple diehard Mariners fans have got to seek therapy as well. And 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 I know we have too because this is such a interesting <laughs> enigma of a team. Um, and this season's been a great example of it because this I. I don't want to say the word good Mariners team. This is a solid Mariners team. This is a Mariners team that has woken up Mm. um, as the season has progressed because we were not believers. We were all sellers at the beginning and and, and had some serious concerns. But it's a Mariners team that didn't go into the uh, trade deadline and blow it all up and do something crazy. But at the same time, this is a Mariners team that, as we get to the playoffs, and, and, and I don't see them currently sitting seven and a half games behind Texas with Houston in between, I don't see this as a, as a AL West winning team. But they are very close in the postseason. I mean, we're, we're sitting here with it as, as we record. They're two games out of the wild card. Okay, behind them, Boston. Sure, Boston's a game behind. We just put the Yankees to bed. So you got one team behind you. In front of you, Tampa Bay, Houston, and Toronto. Okay, Toronto, great run right now against the Phillies that we talked about a while ago, but also Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay team that is a wounded animal. And so this is so Seattle that as they are finally putting it together and, and winning baseball games again, and we got to see this last year, but it, it started later this year, and you're not in the conversation for the division, but you are in the conversation for the wall card. I, I look at the top of this rotation. You know, we, we've talked multiple times about the hitting. and and the pop that's in this lineup and what they can do. But between Kirby, Castillo, I mean, I even want to throw Logan Gilbert in there, but really that 1-2 of Kirby and Castillo, you don't want to play this Seattle team come postseason. When it comes into that first round of the playoffs, that 1-2 combination that Seattle can run out there, they can absolutely put themselves in a position where you can be a headache. In a longer series, in a seven-game series, it's a different conversation, but in a Shortened series, I don't want to play these Mariners.
0: All right, so that I'll agree with. Like, I don't want them in a short series. What, I, what I'm telling you is they're not going to get there. Okay, I'm, I'm, I really am close to giving my own little death code to the Mariners because I'm not buying this, Samantha. I'm not buying anything about Seattle. They get hot for a week, week and a half, and everyone starts talking about Seattle again. That's what's happening here. They got hot right before the break, cooled off after the break. Now they're hot again. We're going to do this every couple of weeks. They're streaky. They're not built as it. They, they dealt their closer, which caused all kinds of problems a couple of nights ago when they didn't have a closer and they needed one. I'm not buying this. I'm not buying them as a October entrant at all.
1: So I think I actually am buying them, but I'm also agreeing with you in a way, because the only reason I'm buying them is because Tampa, or you mentioned the wounded animal, they're a fatally wounded animal. That's a good point, too. that, That ain't coming back. So to me, it's really more about the team in front of you is coming apart at the seams and doesn't have a pass back. I almost am more worried about Boston coming up and passing them. Mm-hmm. than I am about mm-hmm. them not being able to pass Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I'm not super impressed with Toronto either. I have to be honest about that. Houston, sure. Yeah, unfortunately, trash cans are getting one of those spots. But Toronto's a little vulnerable. I mean, I would love to play them in the first round. Oh, sure. I love that draw. Um, Tampa, I, I just... I, they look like they're on their way out to me, mostly because of injuries. <laughs> it's not really their fault. It's that... That They have had a, a catastrophic situation with their pitching. So I think they're on their way out. But but I also think you're right about Seattle and that it's like, you know, this up, down, up, down, up, down. They're not very good. Um, I'm going to disagree on the not wanting to face them in a short series because I wouldn't mind facing them in a short series at all because guess what? They're like the twins until they can get out there and actually look impressive in the postseason uh-huh. and no winning one series last year. I'm not impressed. Like, I don't care. Like, as the team that may very well end up being the third division winner and would thus face the worst wild card, I'm not going to be that unhappy if it's Seattle. (laughs) That's not the worst draw to me. It doesn't matter, Castillo, Kirby. Show up in the postseason, and then we can talk about respecting your postseason prowess. Mm. But until then, that doesn't concern me. But I don't even know if I think they're going to make it. I think they could yeah in front of tampa but i don't know i don't know guys i mean boston's not that bad and they're just less chokery than Seattle. Is. So, and tampa bay has no pitchers so you know who knows what'll happen but i
0: i mean, I, I mean yeah, tampa, tampa's lost lost a lot of pitching but seattle start has been losing some pitching along the way too so they
1: just lost another one this past week but they do still technically have starters so, yes like like, decent starters, which is more than we can say for the poor, sad rays. They're, they're like those poor things in that tank swimming around there, you know, where you're like, wow, look at that thing. Um, oh, no, not,
0: not, 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 the, not the rays in the green water,
1: no. I know, it's so gross. That's um, what they look like right now, though. Like They look like that thing in the tank. <laughs> oh, boy. I think
2: right. this is a... This is definitely a great example of what the Seattle Mayors are because we all had different approaches to this. We all had different pluses and minuses. And if there's a Venn diagram, the one area in the middle that we all agree on is that, yeah, they're – (laughs) yeah. It's just – like that is so Seattle. Like this is such a Seattle conversation because it is that. It's like, yeah, they're – like you don't know exactly what to say, but it's one of those like, well, they're good, but – well, they well, they struggle, but like like that is so Seattle. That's why this team is just it's so weird because if they can get to October, there's no middle ground. This is a team that sweeps someone in the first round or gets swept. Like it's there's no middle ground with these guys.
1: <laughs> what happens if Seattle and Minnesota meet in the first round? I mean, like, Some, God, something's got to uh, get uh, there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I How's the five game series go? It went seven. <laughs> How? It's Seattle and Minnesota. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Uh,
0: Irby. Irby, what else do you have for us?
2: Well, on another side of a a, a, a outside looking in um, wildcard team, we switch over to the other side of the uh, the league, and it's the, the Cubs that are currently sitting only one game out. And I know we, we talked about these guys, but it is. More specifically, what I wanted to talk about was their young becoming their young ace, Justin Steele. Um, Justin Steele, not a player that we a lot has gotten a lot of publicity before this season. Having a breakout, having a fantastic year in a Cubs lineup. Which is this a playoff team possible? And he took a big blow today uh, with the Stro- Marcus Stroman news about his uh, rib cartilage fracture, mm-hmm. um, but but. As good as Strowman has been for them, Steele's been the ace. Steele's been the guy, and on a rotation where, my gosh, who knows what this looks like next year? Because you, I mean, besides Strowman already there, but Smiley, Talian, and, and even Kyle Hendricks, I Justin Steele might be the only piece remaining next year, and this might be a totally different look. And that's okay because of what he's doing. And, and I, I've enjoyed the season. I don't know how much you guys have watched as well, uh, of steel but it's been <sighs> – starting pitchers, we talk about this so much of, you know, it's the it's, you need that three, got to have at least three, maybe four pitches, sometimes five. I know you, Darish, at one point, they said at uh, 13 pitches. But Justin Steele, though he does throw a sinker, a changeup, and a curve, it's less than 5% of the time those three pitches. He is a fastball slider, fastball slider, fastball slider. And crazy thing that goes along with the success, I know, Bo, sit down. This might blow your mind here. He's got good command. This shocking. Wow. Good command and success. Craziness. Craziness. But Justin Steele, I you know, Cubs, whatever about the playoffs, we'll see. I this is a guy that that could potentially take that starting pitch. This is totally different from what we're talking about Seattle here. Um, But they're pitching issues in Chicago. But Justin Steele alone might be one of the reasons that the Cubs could come out of the NL Central.
0: You know, you guys know this about me. Uh, Fastball slider, that is my favorite combination for a pitcher. Without a doubt. It's not even close. Fastball slider, power pitcher, gets the strikeouts. And Samantha, his strikeout numbers have been consistent his entire career. He He gets right at a strikeout an inning. Whip is down to 1.17 this year from a career of 1.27. So, obviously, he's getting even better this year than he has been his entire career. So, yeah, I'm buying it. I'm buying him.
1: And- yeah, I am, too. I am, too. I think he's been great. I mean, the only thing that bums me out about this is like he's close to – You know, he's, he's not a rookie, um, which bums me out because I love that we've had so many people kind of come out of nowhere this year. This year has been big for that. We don't see this every year. A lot of mm-hmm. times – the people who are making their debuts or having their breakout season are the people that we would expect it to be. And there's always a few surprises, but this year's been crazy. You know, it's all these guys who are on nobody's radar. You know, Ellie De La Cruz out of nowhere. Like Justin Steele, nobody was expecting him to break out. So I wish he was a rookie because I love, you know, it's very hard for pitchers to win Rookie of the Year, but I would have loved to see Tanner Bide on the American League side and Justin Steele on the National League side running away with the Rookie of the Year. Obviously possible for Tanner Bide. We, we all know he's not because it's not, you know, it's going to be Yoshida probably. And, you know, talk to me about people who've played professional baseball in Japan, whether they should be rookie year eligible, and I will scream at you and bang on the table and tell you, no, they've already been a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's the way the cookie crumbles, and no disrespect to Yoshida, who's had a fantastic season. Just don't agree with it, but um, I, I think it's cool that we've seen so many guys kind of break out this season who we were not necessarily expecting or you mentioned. They, you know, nobody... Nobody had Justin Field penciled in as, like, 2023 ace of the Chicago Cubs. So it's cool. I, I love this. You know, while everybody was chasing Jordan Walker and Anthony Volpe around at the beginning of the season, and, like, you know, here come these other guys who are just like, oh, no, you know what? This is going to be my year. And then he has a little more experience, sure. But it's a, a fantastic breakout season for him. And I, I think it's great. It's great for the Cubs and, and great for baseball.
0: All right, Irby, what else do you have?
2: Well, my last bit, um, have a little fun with you guys. You know, you are, we are all dog owners here, um, and I, you know, for those that have visited um, some of the minor league stadiums, I don't know if you've seen this kind of kind of growing trend, maybe uh, of dogs getting the job. I think the job is that you know, of, of running out and retrieving a batter. That after he's used it, after the play is basically dead, sending the dog out to retrieve the wood bat and bring it back. A lot of times, Labradors, Golden Retrievers makes sense. Dogs that make sense doing that stuff. I mean, anything's better than Dusty Baker's kid running out there in the middle of a play. I'd much rather see a dog because he would figure it out and run away. But um, and got me thinking, and I, and, I, and I, y'all throw in here too. But you know, the Golden Retriever, Labrador makes perfect sense. Reliable dog. One, I would love to see this stuff move up through the minors and maybe into the majors. You know, know who's got to, I don't think we've got any problems with dogs and major league teams going out there and getting the bats. But it got me thinking of what kind of dogs would they use? You know, go, th- those obviously are the easy choices. But some of these organizations I don't think would go that way. So I, I, I just kind of want to get y'all's response here real quick because, like, some of the easy ones, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, I see them using an Irish setter graceful sure. swift dog with a flashy red coat. Looks good. The Milwaukee Brewers, you know what? Uh, so many different, a Chihuahua. And I know immediately you think Chihuahua, that's crazy, but you think about a Chihuahua, so many different patterns and so many different colors. They could have a different dog every single inning, just like relief pitchers. <laughs> Somebody knew every inning, different dog, every inning out there. Um, the Yankees, I think the smartest thing there is you do dachshunds. Wait, are all the
1: dogs named Craig
2: Council? <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. All of them, it's, it's Craig Council, but just a different look every single inning. Hmm. Uh, I like it. The, the Yankees, dachshunds. Plural. You know, you've got you've got Gus and Penny Judge can be leading this thing, but I, but I can see a handful of dachshunds running out there and, like, four dogs biting on a bat running it back. I um, think that would uh, and, work great right there.
0: And, and Dotsons are quite
1: the little yappers, which is perfect for Yankee fans.
2: There you go. Bingo. Works on that level, too. Um,
1: also, there's nothing funnier than watching a dachshund run because it looks like they're not moving because their legs are so short. <laughs> exactly. And I'm picturing them trying to take the away.
2: <laughs> well, so especially funny. if the grass, if you keep the grass a little high, you wouldn't even see their feet at all. It would just be a body kind of moving. <laughs> <Is he> floating? <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, nothing is funnier that, to me than doxins and people falling on ice skates. You could just stick them in front of me, and I would be entertained forever.
2: So, <laughs> um, I've got uh, for the Red Sox a bulldog. Think about a bulldog, a friendly yet calm animal. I, I just I could see that Boston fan base falling in love with a bulldog out there, uh, slogging all over Terrier.
1: a bat. Interesting. No,
2: Interesting. I, that, yeah, I. Um, The Angels, okay, here we go. That gets a little hard now. Uh, The Angels, I have a border collie. As you think about a border collie, extremely energetic and athletic dog. But they get bored if the owners don't pay attention. Um, And that just feels like the angel to me there.
1: Border Collie is also going to be the smartest person in that organization. Like they're like super smart, <laughs> well, right? So that, that yeah. Border Collie is now the smartest person in the entire Angels organization. Just fun that out there. Well, don't... and you could even
2: see the Border Collie looking at Otani, going, "You got to get out of here, bro. You got to yes. get out of here."
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> he could. Well, they're herding dogs, right? So they could herd yeah. Otani up the freeway to the <laughs> <Dodger> Stadium.
0: <laughs> I mean, if if you're going to the Angels, though, don't you need two breeds? You got L.A.
1: and Anaheim. That's... By that logic, you need, like, 18 breeds.
2: <laughs> yeah, 18 different collie breeds. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, the uh, You know, I, so and some of these would be difficult because I feel like, you know, at the end, you know, the, the Padres would not understand the role. They'd probably have a cat instead of a dog out there. Um, but but the, the toughest two were our teams. So this was the one that I spent the most time on, and, and then I want to get the live reaction, and I'll be the unbiased and. Samantha, right now, you are the Guardians fan. Bo, you're the Rangers fan. So, all right, Guardians. I have your dog as an Australian cattle dog. A loyal, intelligent, tenacious animal that has been known to outsmart their owners at times. This dog is also a very sturdy and hard, muscular animal, as Jose Ramirez showed, Mr. Tim Anderson.
1: <laughs> See, it's it's interesting because I would never have gone with Australian catalog, but the only reason I wouldn't have is because I think they're ugly. So I wouldn't want <laughs> it to be my dog. But like all of but all of that description does make sense. Like I was actually gonna go a different way with the Guardians, which I hadn't even thought about until you mentioned it to me like twenty minutes before this show. <laughs> but like I was thinking like sheep dog, like some big fluffy thing that likes hugs, There you go. You know? But like, you know, this idea of outsmarting the ownership is like kind of perfect. So I think I'm going to defer to you on this one, but I'm going to want that dog to wear a wig. Because That's I did not
2: fine. like <laughs> their hair. So. Alright, and Bo, <laughs> for your Texas Rangers, mm. I have the American Foxhound. A animal known for his speed and work ethic, has great endurance, yet is a very playful, easygoing, low-maintenance animal.
1: <laughs> I don't think <laughs> clickbait headline tomorrow are the Texas Rangers low maintenance. <laughs> uh, oh, uh
0: yeah, I don't think the cardiac Rangers Are low maintenance uh, at, at all.
2: That's why they need the dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're saying it's it's a it's, uh, it's an emotional support dog. Is that what is that it's what emotional
2: it's- support it's, set, it's setting the tone. Bochi, Bruce Bochi and his American Fox Center Guys, chill, (laughs) chill, chill. So uh, the hardest ones that I really wanted to get in there and and everybody listening here, please, uh, you know, jump on our our social medias and throw out your own other ideas as well, whether you like also, but I really wanted to somehow get a Great Dane, a Beagle or a Basset Hound in there, but I just couldn't, you know, I, I, the Basset Hound would be hilarious. Um, I just don't know where we put it.
1: (laughs) Somebody who trips over their own ears. Twins. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like we're twins. hard to find. Twins, uh, <laughs> twins. No, the bassinet. I'm not giving a bassinet to the twins. They don't deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> <I> Need <don't know. laughs> somebody who likably. took It's not pathetic, Seattle. <laughs> Seattle might be a bassinet. That, that's not. Seattle bad, might so be. So I kind of like. I kind of like that. Um, a beagle. The, the the beagle
2: one I had was 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 kind of thinking about the the, the pepperiness and, the, and excited, but like the Marlins or the D-backs.
1: Oh, I kind of yeah, no, no, that would work. I could I could get on board with either one of those, actually. Okay. I mean, right now it's the Marlins, before it was the Diamondbacks. It works yeah. that way, so. <laughs> well, but,
2: I mean, and there you go. You bring up a great point. Like, if you've got a dog that's taking care of business to get the job done, are these animals tradable? You know, I, I, I would love to live in a world where some expiring 39-year-old relief pitcher gets traded for a bat dog.
1: I mean, personally, I would be honored, but someone is going to get upset about this. (laughs) I would be honored to be traded for a top-of-the-line bad dog. I would consider that a great compliment. But I'm, like, also a person who, like, makes weird eye contact with strange dogs on the street until they approach me. So, you know, (laughs) I could see some people being offended by this. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should do it. Probably mostly because people might get offended, which just makes it even funnier. Like, can't yeah, you picture exactly. someone having a meltdown over this like Chris Sale? Imagine Chris Sale was traded for a bad dog. Could you imagine? I'm trying to think that would of, not go I'm, well.
0: I'm trying to think of what he would tear up. And I'm talking about Chris Sale, not the dog. A dog,
1: a dog toy. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: boy. All right. Cool. Uh, Samantha, anything you want to add
1: here? No, no, those are great. Those are those good. Are, those are great. Those I, are I like good. those. Very those very good. well done. I like it. And I need this to happen. Like bad dogs, twenty twenty
0: four season. Let's see it. <laughs> All right. Maybe an honorable mention. Let's give a shih tzu to the Astros. Can we do that?
1: <laughs> that poor dog. I don't even want them to have any dog. Like I don't That's think they fair. deserve a dog. I, I think agree. they should have to get like a ferret. I don't they think they should have a bad ferret. I was, Actually, that,
2: that makes perfect sense. Could you see, like, this becoming a thing and everyone jumps on and then the Astro's like, well, we're not participating. So everyone else is you know what, fine, yeah, sure, you guys don't participate, whatever.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's not even like the Padres' cluelessness of, like, wait, we were supposed to do what? We got a cat. Like, <laughs> we no. A cat. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> the Astros probably shouldn't be allowed to have any animal. It's, what, what is a universally loathed animal? <sighs> a cockroach? It's not really the right thing for them. You
0: know, maybe maybe that should have been the sanctions after after their cheating scandal was, was was unearthed. You know they they had to forfeit orbit. Because I like orbit,
1: I I agree. I don't think they deserve orbit. I, I think that orbit should be like repossessed by the league and reassigned. Yes, like you know what they should have to take that weird squishy thing from Atlanta. <laughs> I do not like that thing. It's creepy. The Astros should have to take that, or they can take Mr. Met, and then they have to keep calling it Mr. Met, even though it's not the Met anymore. Like just any of the terrible ones, they can have those. But I like Orbit. Orbit deserves a better life. He should be rehomed.
0: It's 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 a rough time in New York when Mr. and Mrs. Met are getting a divorce. Ouch. Yikes.
1: Well, maybe they're
0: just (laughs) separating. Oh boy. Okay. Well. Well. Speaking of separating, this is a potential separation. Uh, I wanted to talk. I want to start off to like like my part of this night with the uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers because not because of what they're doing on the field, but because of the news that's being made off it. Now we just went through all this nonsense with the A's, right? Like like this is still fresh. Well, now we've got Milwaukee just throwing it out. They're, they're putting it out there. That relocation is on the table because they've got their own stadium problems in Milwaukee. Now, this one, though, is a little bit different because it's, an, it, it's involving the legislature of Wisconsin and a baseball district, the Southeast Wisconsin Professional Baseball District, which actually owns the stadium, it actually owns American Family Field, Leases it to the Brewers. Now, part of that lease is that the district must pay for improvements present in at least 75% of other stadiums. And it must also replace or repair infrastructure items consistent with the replacement items of the top 25% of all baseball parks. Okay, fine. Except the district doesn't have the money to do that. So they've gone to the legislature in Wisconsin. The the, the governor of Wisconsin has put forth a two hundred ninety billion dollar funding bill for this, which was then proceeded, you know, absolutely said you know no by the Republicans in in the state house. So now we're in this predicament where the stadium needs updating. No one has the money to update it, and Samantha, the Brewers are actually already floating relocation. Now, obviously, this is a process that's going to take a long time to sort out. Probably not as long as it did in Oakland. I would hate to think another 20-year relocation plan is in the works here, but it's still coming off the heels of what we just went through. It seems like a little, it's a little tone deaf. It's a little not understanding the situation and not understanding the fact that there is no appetite for this amongst baseball, be it the fans, be it the league, be it whoever. There's no appetite for this yet. Here we are.
1: Yeah. This was just a really, really bad call, like massive PR failure Essentially, because, like, realistically speaking, this doesn't really have anything in common with what's going on with the A's. Mostly because I don't think the Brewers are going anywhere. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think mm-hmm. they're going to figure this out. It's going to be a lot of ballyhooing about nothing. They're not going anywhere. It has nothing in common with the problems that they were having in Oakland. But the sheer tone deafness, as you have pointed out, of putting this out there now and even insinuating that you might relocate I mean, we have, like, protests all over the country about this. People hate this. Mm -hmm. They hate it. Mm -hmm. So to put that out there in that way, you know, it's like there was another way to approach this, which was basically to say, like, hey, we have a funding problem. We're working on how to address this. Like, that's a lot different than saying, well, we're thinking about relocating. Everybody understands the unsaid thing there. But if you say the quiet part out loud... Like especially on the heels of what's been going on with Oakland and just the way that sort of public sentiment is about this. Like, like, how stupid are you? I mean, this is so dumb. Also, who wrote a contract that said 75% of other stadiums, blah, blah. That is the stupidest way to structure renovation agreements ever. Because it's so arbitrary. Like, which 75% are we talking about? Are we talking about structural stuff? Are we talking about the field itself? Are we talking about scoreboards? Are we talking about concessions? Are we talking about seating? Are we talking about lights? Like, how exactly are you assessing this 75%? Like, that's very subjective. So, like, who's the bozo that wrote this thing that's never going to hold up in any legal way? And now you've you know what you know what you get the possum you get the possum for this (laughs) you get the oakland visitors booth possum and a couple of feral cats coming your way milwaukee like not in the stadium because it's not the fans fault they don't like us we know this but still we're not blaming guru's fans for this this is not their fault but you know you drop that right in the owner's box and whoever the bozo lawyer is that drew up that contract like you get a possum possum for you
0: Irby, how about you? What Do you, what do you, what do
2: you, you have any thoughts on this? I, I mean, not much more to add except for the, it drives me crazy that, you know, it's, this is positioning. This is this is verbal positioning, and you both said it, and it's what I hate the most about it, is you, the threat of relocation is done specifically as a negotiation tactic. Like, that's all it is. I, I'm, I'm with you, today. I don't think the Brewers are going anywhere, but in light of what that this literally is happening in Major League Baseball. You know, it's not, it hasn't happened in a while, but it's happening now. It's actually happening from Oakland to Vegas. And so now it, it feels, you know, it, the wound is not healed by any means. The wound is still open. So you do this right here. Like, we'll, we'll leave too. we We'll move too. And I, I, no, stop it. Like, th- this is, I truly believe this is a negotiation tactic, and I hate it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's... Let's pivot over to something that that's 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 it, it just it's, it's a nice little nice little story that that's developing here with uh, Sandy Alcantara out in Miami. You know, he had a bad start. Samantha, he had a really bad start to the year, coming off of a phenomenal year last year. Bad starts to the year, but since the All Star break, he's been much more like the Sandy we're used to seeing. I think he's ERA is like a two forty five over his last handful of starts. He just threw a complete game against the Yankees at home. Um, is it is he fixed, do you think? Is he fixed, Is it, or is this just a really lucky couple of
1: weeks? So I think somewhere between, like, this guy is washed and this guy is a, son, a young winner lies the absolute truth of Sandy Alcantara. Sure. So he had a phenomenally good season a year ago, which was awesome, and that was great, and then he looked, like, Awful for the first half of the season here. And you're like, well, which guy's the real guy? And like so many situations like this, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. He's probably not a guy who's going to repeat that cyan performance. But that doesn't mean he can't go on to be a very good pitcher, certainly a far, far better pitcher than the one he was in the first half, and, and one who can be a well above average, very positive contributor to a staff. So I think, you know, there's some weird data on him. Um, that would suggest almost like that he was tunneling and then he stopped tunneling and that that was the cause of the problem. And there's just no way it's that simple. And also tunneling is impossible to quantify, so we'll never be able to say for sure. But what it says to me is that this is sort of a weirdly volatile thing and it's not like a, oh, well, he completely lost his command or, oh, well, now he's tipping or whatever the, you know, the easy things where you can say the guy's either washed or it's fixable. It's probably something a bit down the middle there. But either way, I think it's encouraging. He's headed in the right direction and he's been better for long enough now that I think he's probably out of the woods as far as the whole, like, wow, this guy went to Cy Young and now he's like a train wreck. I think we're past that point now, which is good news for him. Good news for the Marlins. Yeah.
0: Irby, how about you? You got any thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, Sandy was weird early in the season, and um, you mentioned that the, the rough start, and if you break it down by months and um, and break the season into thirds, yeah, definitely things have gotten better. It was a pretty bad Mar- April. Um, but at the same time, there were starts in there where things were clicking together. And, and and I love when you said that you wanted to do this, but I looked at, you know, you one of the ones, Samantha, thank you for bringing up the tunneling. The other one I will look at is, is Sandy early in the season, and, and it's not hundred percent pick, he had a problem with locking down with runners on base. I, I he's still on the season, his his numbers when there's a runner at third is horrible. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the outs. Zero, one, two, outs, doesn't matter. His numbers are horrible. Obviously, with the starts that have happened, things are getting better, but he's not you know, I went back and looked at his last few starts, and things have gotten better there. And it's that a lot of the times at this point in a professional pitcher's career, that's the difference maker. We talk about some of these superstar pitchers and they give up home runs. But you know what they do? They give up solo home runs. They give up, well, yeah, he gave up two runners in that inning. Yeah, but you know he did. He shut it down after that. And Sandy was not doing that in the first third of the season, even really the first half, but really the first third of the season. He was not, he was giving up back to back to back at bats. You know, giving to the, the, those runs of two, three guys in a row getting on. And that really can be the difference. Because we've seen that so many times. The guys would go, "Out, out! Oh man, he gave up a hard hit double. Well, who cares? I got the next guy out, inning over. Yeah, you gave up a hard hit double that was on a bad pitch and they, and they jumped on you, but you took care of business before and after it. And Sandy wasn't doing that earlier in the season. And that's what I mean, led to. You know, some of those outings where he was giving up six, nine. He had an outing early in the season. What are like the Phillies beat him up for like ten runs, something like that? Like it's, Things are getting better because he's locking down with runners in scoring position.
0: Mm. Yeah, and the Marlins now, as we record, last wild card team. They got that spot right now. Uh, very much a winnable spot for them. And they're going to definitely need Alcantara when it comes postseason time. Okay, so let's have a little fun. Uh, now, that – Speaking of the postseason, um, once again, uh, for you New Yorkers out there, it's not going to be a a New York October. Uh, The Yankees are not going to make the playoffs. The Mets are—I don't even know what the Mets (laughs) are—but they're definitely not a playoff team. Uh, So I thought it'd be fun to just kind of take a look, and I I care about you guys. You know, I really do. Uh, I care about you, you, uh, you Yankee and Mets fans. So much so that I came up with some things you can do in October. Because obviously, you know, postseason baseball is something you've had since since 1995, pretty much every year. So you're not used to this. I understand that. So here's some here's some fun stuff. Now, I I admit a lot of this is going to be touristy. But hey, you know, maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need to reconnect with a city you love. Now, we got we also have Samantha on here. She can she can come up with some stuff that that is not so much touristy. Uh, because of course she lives in in new york but uh for me these are the kind of some of the stuff i came up with uh obviously a lollygagging favorite is ghostbusters you can go check out the firehouse and maybe hunt some ghosts very touristy i know but it's a lollygagging favorite uh here's a fun one samantha let let, let, let me tell me what you think of this one um there is i didn't know this there is a spy museum called Spyscape. it's in midtown now, word is, the Astros tried their damnest to get their cheating scandal in there, but were told it to go take a remedial spy class because it wasn't good enough. Uh, what do you think about that one? Is, is, is that touristy?
1: Yeah, I mean, mostly, it's like, I think the word museum is a bit misleading when it comes to that thing. Like, we do have the International Spy Museum in D.C., which is like an actual museum of like, spycraft. This is more like an exhibition where you get to like, play spy, um... It's, which sounds like something that would really appeal to me, you know, the burn notice-obsessed person that, like, taught themselves to, like, pick locks and crack safes because of that. But it's a bit hokey. Um, it's, like, there's, like, a McDonald's on one side of it and a Chipotle on the other. And it's, like, right in the sort of Times Square-adjacent neighborhood. It's a bit hard to take seriously. <laughs> but, I mean, it is something that I guarantee you that most Native New Yorkers have never been to. So, I mean, it would be something different. Right? And maybe you can pick up some spy skills.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you can. Um, How about this one? Um, Now, Samantha, I I have no doubt that you've been to The Strand. Uh, It is billed as 18 miles of books that open in 19... Now, maybe you need some self-help books. How to get over your really (laughs) shitty team. Um,
1: (laughs) I I do spend a lot of time in Strand. Like, a lot and spend a lot of money in Strand. Um, I, Strangely, Strand does not have a large self-help section. Um, I don't believe that is mostly the clientele that they're getting into, <laughs> but they do have some, and it is therapeutic just to be in Strand, you know, to, to be in the, the piles of books. Also, honestly, there are some bleacher creatures that really probably should go to the children's section to, like, learn how to read. So this is this is good. This is good. <laughs> For you Harry Potter
0: fans... Uh, you could go. To, you could go to the cauldron and unleash your inner wizard. And you could you could come up with all kinds of spells. You you could curse the the Orioles or the Braves. You could come up with a spell that would somehow make the Mets actually work the way they're supposed to. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. I don't know about wands. You have to let me know on that, Samantha. Can you make a wand there? I I don't know much about Harry Potter, but I know wands are important.
1: Well, you could go to the Harry Potter store. Mm. Where you can get a wand that it's made exactly to the specifications that, you know, if you go online to Pottermore or yeah, Pottermore and take the quiz and then you can go into the Harry Potter store and pay like a hundred bucks and tell them what's in your wand and you will get a wand that is allegedly exactly those ingredients. It comes in a very fancy box and everything. And then you can walk down the street with your wand mm. to the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Which I have not been to, but I've heard it's actually fun in a like this is ridiculous, but let's do it anyway kind of way where, you know, you make your own drinks. They're big on dry ice there, unsurprisingly. Um, And you can make crazy-looking drinks. And I bet if you took your wand, you know, and you you did just the right move with just the right spell on one of those, you might be able to, like, hex the Blue Jays for the next 10 years or something. So this would be a good productive use of time. And it just never hurts to have a wand because you never know, right? You just never know. (laughs)
0: You never know. You never know. Now, October is of course spooky month. We got Halloween at the end of it and all that other stuff. You could go to the you could explore the catacombs at the Basilica of Saint Patrick's Saint Patrick's Old Cathedral. Why not? Get it get festive. I know you're basically I mean,
1: is, beyond- is this a fake catacomb or something? I'm confused.
0: I, I don't know. This this is just one of the like things say, that popped up when I said things to do in New York.
1: <laughs> oh, I wonder what church that is. So like, I know St. Patrick's is actually not old enough to have true catacombs. Um, it is a very famous church. Um, and there, there are some weird graveyards in New York, for sure. Well, there or you, you could take the very, very short drive up to Sleeping Hollow, which is very, very close to New York City. Headless Horseman territory, right? See, now that's what I would want to do. I would want to go up there and and find the great... Well, I highly (laughs) recommend it. The town has... It's not quite like Salem in the sense that, like, the whole town has just reinvented itself as, like, witch tourism. But they have... Done some interesting things there. They have some cool tours and stuff. So sleeping Hollow, I, I definitely recommend it. Very, yeah. very good and and easy to get to from the city. Okay, well, well, fair enough. Okay, uh, one more,
0: and this is kind of the obvious, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyway, <clears throat> because it's it's fairly certain, and this really has nothing to do with the Giants or the Jets being good or not, because I don't think either one of them really are. Uh, but they are gonna they are going to definitely have a better season than the Yankees and the Mets did. So. Go support that. You know, you can watch Aaron Rodgers in in his downfall, his demise of his career. You know, the back end where he's not that great, can barely throw 10 yards and has no offensive line.
1: There's another angle on this, too, that's like, oh, you think your life is bad? Try going to New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> New Yorkers <laughs> love that. Uh, <laughs> and who, who doesn't want to watch the demise of, of Aaron Rodgers? We are anticipating, because, yeah, it's bad news for you. I, I hope if you're doing this, I was like, well, at least these teams, are, they're not. They're not. They're not. Um, you know, I, I am pro-Giants, but this is not because I actually believe the Giants to be good. I just happen to have some fondness. For them. But th- this is not because they are a good football team. They are also both located in the Meadowlands, which is basically like a malarial swamp just outside of the city. But it's fine, you know. You can take the train there, and you know you can drink beer out of a paper bag on the train, and go to the game and watch a very very depressing bout of football, and then you can stand on the platform at Secaucus for six and a half hours waiting for a train back because everyone left the game at the same time, and there's like one tiny little space that everybody has to cram into to get back to the city, which is why I don't love going to Meadowlands, but it would give you time to think, you know, it would give you a lot of time to think, you know, how can we do this better, how do we revamp the entire Yankees farm system, how do we revamp the entire Mets, just the whole Mets, the whole thing, so, you (laughs) know, something to ponder. So, or waiting eighteen deep on the train platform.
0: As a, as a resident of New York City, is there anything you would add to that
1: list? Any you know, thoughts? I'm thinking, I'm thinking you might want to hit some of the revolutionary sites. You know, like the Francis Tavern, um, very famously a, a meeting place during the Revolutionary War, still exists today. Food is terrible there, just objectively terrible. But you can just go in and get a beer and be a part of history. And you can see, you know, that there were some ups and downs in the American Revolution. Right there were points where it was like, yeah, we are definitely not winning this. We we're going to be a British colony forever. But you know what? We bounced back and we're in our own place now. So, you know, if you're a little down, go down there and just think, you know, the Continental Army—they had some rough times, but they pulled through in the end. So, you know, New York Yankees again, not the apocalypse. The Brooklyn Bridge did not collapse. You can go down there and be like, you know, me and George Washington—we you know, had a lot in common. Good times, bad times. Ultimately.
0: Oh, it worked out okay. <laughs> oh boy, Irby, anything you want to add here?
2: <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited now for Yankee and Mets fans because there's so much that they can go do. Um, you know, from like you guys said, watching the disaster at Green Bay East, uh, what's going on out there? I you know, I'm now curious. Aaron Judge, Pete Alonso, would love to know what houses they get get put in. Um, Ooh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I definitely a couple options there. So yeah, this is, this is good. See, there you go. Glad that we had the, uh, the death code for him today. You know and, and now a
1: Hufflepuff. Can... Wait, why have we not done this segment?
2: I, you, you, I mean, y- there you go. There y- it's, I can see that I can see Pete Alonso as a Hufflepuff. And, and I, I think that Aaron judge would believe himself a Gryffindor, but he might be a Slytherin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, somebody write this down. We, we need to support <laughs> baseball players. So I don't know why we haven't done this yet. Someone write that down. Okay, but yes, 100%. Yes, I like that. I like that. And then they can go with their wands, and then they can go to the cauldron thingy and try to poison each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, we are now at... a a different end of the of the show uh we've been doing archer empire for a bit now but now we're going to switch gears and we're going to bring back let's remember some trades samantha you want to give a quick recap of what let's remember some trades is for those that uh are new to the show or those that just don't remember from a few months ago what we were
1: doing so i think most baseball fans at some point have played let's remember some guys right or maybe you've even played it without realizing you're playing it so this is kind of our spin on it it's called let's remember some trades and what we are doing is revisiting a trade and cut these off I, I think we cut them off at 1980s is that right um it's a bit like the time capsule that you guys yes. have heard us do where we kind of decided that it needed to be a trade for one thing most trades take place um after that but also you know we're looking for trades where I'm going to put some information out there for these guys, and they're going to guess, and you can play along at home too, but we were trying to make it reasonably within our lifetime, presumably within the lifetime of most of our listeners, or maybe slightly before that. Anything between then and right now is fair game. Um, The way that this works is I'm going to give these guys and you all at home one of the teams involved, as well as the year that the trade took place, Their job and yours is to determine who the other, or in some cases, multiple other teams that were involved in the trade were, who the players were, and who went where. And then at the end, we'll give you a bit of a a where are they now on everybody who was involved in the trade. So we're starting off pretty easy. This is a relatively simple one so that we can ease back into this. Maybe we'll get into some crazier ones later. I know we had some doozies last time, some of these, you know, three team, 12 player Deals, But this this one's pretty small. Uh, I'm going to give these guys the harder team of the two to guess for this particular trade, as well as the year. So we're going to go back to the year 2006, and we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. And you guys are free to ask any yes or no questions that you would like, and I will answer them, and we will see if you can remember a trade.
0: All right, Erby, 2006. Oh golly Yeah that's, that's, uh, not, that's back a ways that's that, yeah that's, this is, that's the year before the Toshera trade. Um it, hmm.
2: so this is um Charlie Manuel era. Um, um
1: yeah, was he there yet or was he still in Cleveland at this point? I think he was already there. Because they so Series yeah. in two thousand eight. So was he there for two okay. years before that? I'm not sure. But roughly around that time. Slightly pre the we So
2: we're, we're living in the world of, yeah, the Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the outfielder? Pat Burrell. Whatever. Um, okay. All right. I think I've, I've got kind of an idea Okay, so World Series 2008. So this, this is... Wanna say that makes them the the buyers here.
1: They are the buyer, that is correct. Okay. Yes.
0: Probably buying pitching.
1: This person was not on the two thousand eight World Series team.
2: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Right, but I'm just I'm just thinking back
0: to the lineup in two thousand six. It is not a pitcher. It is not a pitcher. Okay. Wow.
2: All right, so they're the buyers. They added something. Hmm. All right, so just the April
1: April 1st trade.
2: April 1st, oh wow. So right
0: at the beginning of the season. Right at the beginning of the season. Just one team, or is there multiple teams? Yeah, there's only
1: one other team involved.
0: Okay. All right, so. We're starting simple here. Who did the Phillies trade for at the end of spring training in 2006? That was not on the team two years later when they won the World Series.
1: This person was on the Indians two years later. Hmm. Although the team that you would remember him being associated with is neither of those teams. Not Philly or Cleveland. It's somebody else. And if you're like me, you think of this person as a member of primarily the team that traded him to the Phillies. At least that's how I think. Of him. See if you guys agree.
2: Hmm. Okay. Is it a is it a one for one trade or is there multiple? Like, is it it's one, a one big for name two. for one? One it's for two.
1: One major okay. leaguer for two prospects. And you probably know who the prospects are. One of them you'll definitely know. The other one you might know. Because there's a reason you might know it. Which <laughs> is really great. It'll make more sense later, I promise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but okay. there, there is a reason. I have a good reason to think that the two of you can get all three of these people. Thanks. That thanks,
0: Jerry. I appreciate that. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> <clears throat>
2: All right, so Phillies are. I'm out of practice on how we go through can this, tell.
1: So. I Yeah, know tell. they have forgotten what the good questions are. Now. All right, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's the April first. That's like, wow, that is not a normal time. Um, right.
1: So you probably want to assume this is not a star player.
2: Right. This is, this is somebody who... Nobody on here is star caliber. These are guys that potentially aren't even making rosters.
1: Today. Oh, man. Right. Well, it's two prospects going for...
2: Going to unknown team. Right. And the Phillies are just trying to add a bat. Okay, Correct. but it's not... Okay, so let's go through that looking lineup.
1: A left handed bat, right? So 2006, you wanted a left handed bat. If I wanted a left handed bat, 2006. An outfielder yeah. who was not expensive. So you're probably looking for a platoon guy. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys need help? Do you need me to tell yes. you who the other team is? You're going to be so mad when I tell you this. Uh, the, the other team is your Texas Rangers, guys. This is your trade. Boy, Our <sighs> trade
2: in 2006. Okay. A left-handed,
1: left-handed, outfield.
2: left-handed
1: outfield. Yeah, man. platoon bat.
2: He was, oh, whoa.
0: <laughs> you got there before I did, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious now.
1: All right, everybody, you want to go ahead and toss it out there? I think we've given people enough time here. Yeah. Go, go ahead well, and give was, it to him. Who's Philly getting here?
2: Billy is getting uh, David DeLucci.
1: Yeah, there it is. Oh,
2: no. Wow. Okay, so wow. I know one of the prospects.
0: I forgot about DeLucci.
2: I didn't, I didn't know this was. I, did, I Yeah, because it's a pitcher that
1: Yeah, one that of the prospects back. is a pitcher. Yeah, that's okay. the one that pans out. The other one doesn't. Um. <laughs> I don't so, no know right. the other. All right, well, talk to I the first know. one is?
2: The first one would be uh, said starting pitcher, or I don't know, he, he had our time staying with it, uh, Robinson Tejeda.
1: Yes, yes, very good, very good. That was the one that actually made it. The other guy never yeah. actually made it above double A in your system or anyone's system for that matter. But but he did have a brother who was a very productive player for the Texas Rangers a little bit before this. He had a brother. He was a third baseman. This guy's yeah. a left fielder. His brother was the third baseman. Any idea who he is? Yeah.
2: Now, but I did not know that before. Once <laughs> you said the, the productive Ranger player, yes. Um, is it. I can't remember if you went by Jake or Jacob.
1: Jake. Blay-Lock. There you go. Jake. Jake.
2: Jake. Bl- Jay Jake. 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 Layla. Yeah, definitely. Brother
1: of Hank. Very uh. good. Yeah. yeah. Very
2: Hank Jake did a little bit good.
0: better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hank. Hank. Had, Hank was much better. Things. Things do. I will let you guys know in a minute how. But things turn out okay for Jake in the end. But. Yes, as, as far as Major League Baseball goes, things Hank fared quite a bit better. I have, uh, but, I have a uh, Hank
2: Blalack uh, jersey in my closet right here. I do not have a Jake version of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor, poor Jake, poor Jake, the, the younger brother. Just uh, you know, and it was not in the cards for him. But uh, you know things things turned out okay for him. So we'll do a little. Where are they now? By the way, Irby, great job on that. You got all three pieces of that trade very nicely done. Kind of a weird, obscure one. Simple, but not easy. So great job on that. Uh, Jake Blaylock. Uh, he was a fifth round pick for Philadelphia in 2002. Fun fact: He's a high school teammate of Cole Hamels, brother of course of Hank Blaylock. Unfortunately for him, he never got past Double A Frisco. For Texas, He bounced around the minors a bit for a couple of other teams. And then he went to Italy, uh, and he played very briefly for Reggio Emilia there. Uh, that didn't go great for him either, but uh, things turned out okay in the end. He's not a math teacher and a high school baseball coach at Rancho Bernardo High School in San Diego, so that's his alma mater. Um, he, he's on Twitter also, pretty pretty entertaining. His handle Swing Every Day, if you guys want to check that out. Uh, recent tweet from him. There should be an app like Tinder for hitters and pitchers looking to get live at bats. And I thought, you know, that's not a bad idea, Jake. Not a bad idea at all. So, interesting stuff there. Um, Rob Tejeda uh, made his debut with Philly in 2005, was with Texas from 2006 to 2008, the Royals from 2008 to 2011, signed a minor league deal with Cleveland in 2012, was released four months later, went to the Mexican League, uh, eventually to the Joplin Bats, blasters of the independent league in missouri um i have no idea where he is now usually i can hunt these guys down with some research but i don't know what he's up to so if anybody knows where Rob is now hit us up on twitter let us know uh and then of course finally david delucci debuted with baltimore in 1997 a bit older than the others of course was uh, taken by arizona in the expansion draft in 1998, he was there till 2003. Uh, he was part of the to Mondesi trade uh, that went and went to New York in 2003. Signed with Texas as a free agent in 2004. He was there, of course, until he was traded to Philly in 2006. Then he goes to Cleveland in 2007. Uh, finally, signs with Toronto in 2009, and that is the end of his baseball career. Uh, he's done some color commentary. Um, also, on the advisory board of the National Wildlife Federation's uh, Vanishing Paradise Program, so that's kind of cool. Also, fun fact, he's married to a Price is Right model, which is awesome. Oh. And he's appeared on the show four times with her. So we love that for him. Super cool. I mean, he's saving the environment. He's doing Price is Right. Like, things, things have turned out pretty good, I think, for, for David DeLucci. So that's that's pretty cool. Well, pretty what,
0: cool. What, what's his batting average on Plinko?
1: a good question. <laughs> I was not, not given those stats. Come on, baseball um, reference. Damn. Okay. Yeah, B.B. Ref did not have his Plinko stats. Hugely disappointing. Do better, B.B. Ref. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> bought Immaculate grid. This is what happens. Plinko stats go by the wayside. Very disappointing. But but, uh, but very cool, um, interesting stuff. always like hearing where these guys are at now and kind of what they get up to after baseball. So if anybody can uh, locate Rob, uh, please do let us know. I always like to know how these guys are doing. And uh, great job, you guys, on your, your first trade in a very, very long time, and you nailed
2: it. <laughs> well, Irby nailed it. Yeah, that was that was slow starting there. That was a good one. I that, um, Delucci was – so this is – I just a little bit of fun here. I The Delucci trade, so I'm assuming that's because this is the beginning of the um, John Daniels era. He would have been hired that previous offseason. And so this is the beginning of making moves, and that was the year they brought in Brad Wilkerson. So the DeLucci trade made sense at the time of getting a young pitcher. I'm sure Jake was kind of a toss-in there and makes Big Brother happy.
1: Yes, but, um, yes.
2: you know, mm-hmm. I mean, DeLucci was one of those. He was a, he was a crowd favorite, but he, I remember the trades because later that season was the deal uh, where they brought Carlos Lee and then Nelson Cruz was a toss-in. And the Rangers got rid of guys like Lance Nix and Kevin Minch who were crowd favorites as well, like DeLucci. And this always stuck with me because I know I had it with multiple people, but it was my mother with the big conversation of, do you want to watch guys that are fun to watch or do you want to win baseball games? And this was that beginning. Like this is one of those first trades of love DeLucci, wonderful guy, but he's not a starter on a winning baseball team. (laughs) And so.
1: I remember doing, we used to do our fantasy baseball by hand, you know, like we had like photocopied sheets and we'd fill them in. Yeah. And I remember writing over and over and over again, Nix slash DeLucci, because someone actually drafted this, but they were almost always platooning. And I remember having to cross it out and write down the other one over and over and over again when I was still in the nice. sheets. <laughs> Uh, Lance next. Go to Lance Nicks. There's a there's a remembering a guy. There's another one. Um <laughs> Lance next. Kevin Mensch comes up a little bit more frequently. I think we talked about his big head recently. with uh, <laughs> the alien when you your alien Well, Can we talk about him on the, the alien players list? Yes. We can, yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I think I think yeah, I think that came up a couple weeks ago, so, you know, Kevin Mensch, two two mentions within a month. You're just remembering guys
0: all over the place here. So, boy! <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, anything else you want to add here, here, Irby, before we call it a night?
2: No, no, thank you. That was good. I, I always, I love this segment. Thank you for bringing it back. We were definitely a bit rusty. Um, Got to work on my investigative skills. Um, it's so much easier when on your side, Samantha. I think you enjoyed. <laughs> so much easier when on that side, you know the answers. Ah, oh, I gotta get better. Okay. Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. It's a W. Hey, but you got there in the end. You got the W, right? Yeah. Right? This is just like armchair umpire. Sometimes it's a bit rough getting there, but if you get the win in the end, it's all okay. Yeah. Broken
2: you... bat single that scored the run.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep. and, and you know what?
0: And you got all of it, so you get a jar of dirt.
1: True, true. You got the oh, okay. A jar of dirt for you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs>
0: all right well that's gonna do it for us we're out of here until next week don't forget to hit that like button give us a subscription check us out on youtube we're there too but i'll tell you what until next week watch some baseball it's good for you